0: Well, thank you all for being here today. As we've mentioned several times, this is a special Sunday in the life of our church. This is what we call a send-off Sunday, so we're preparing to send our mission team to Kenya. They're leaving on Wednesday. I can't believe it's happening already. We're very excited about it, and so um, a lot of the work has been done. We've been praying. We've been fundraising. Our team has been planning. They've been meeting. They've been packing. They've been getting vaccinated. Yeah, that's part of the process, too. And so we're finally here at Send Off Sunday. And so as we're doing this thing, I thought it would be a good idea to answer the question, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we sending a team of people to Kenya? So we're going to answer that question. We're going to talk about that a little bit because you may be surprised to find out that there are people who've actually raised some concerns about us doing this. Or maybe even some objections about, why are you doing this thing? And so hopefully I'll be able to address a couple of those objections, speak to those concerns, and answer the big question of why are we doing this thing? Before we get to the why, let me tell you about the what. Now, our team, this will be the sixth time we've sent a team over, I think. I'm starting to lose track. But our team will be engaging in a variety of different projects while they're there. There'll be some building stuff, it looks like, probably some food distribution stuff, probably some um, uh, shoes, maybe. Who knows? They'll, they'll have the team do different things depending on what the last team accomplished, and we'll see what needs to be done. Um, but the main thing, that we do when we're over there. The main thing the team will be working on is this clean water project. Um, The organization that we work with is called Start With One Kenya, and they do a lot of things with education and empowerment and helping lots of different needs. But the main thing is providing people with access to clean water. And so right up here, you can see, this is what the people receive this is the actual clean water filtration kit. And right here, I've got a see-through display model here. And so this is what they will be giving out while they're in Kenya. And this helps transform disease-ridden water into life-saving water. And so here's what I have right here. In this, I feel like I'm about to do a science project. It's not a science project, I promise you. It wasn't great at science. Anyway, this is a lovely pitcher of water fresh from the sink of the Barnstormers Theater. Now, let me see a show of Yeah, right? <laughs> a clean, clean water, right? A show of hands, let's be honest, let's have a little audience participation, who would be willing to drink from this water? Show of hands. If you're, okay, great. It's from the tap, it hasn't passed through a Brita, you know, it's getting kind of warm in here, maybe you'd be willing to drink from this water or maybe not so much. All right, so that's that. I've got another question for you, okay. How about now? Who is willing to drink from this water now? Show of hands, anybody? I'm a pretty clean guy. I just washed my hands right before I went to the bathroom. So that's that. All right, we're, we're having a little bit of fun here. Now, you notice that the water doesn't look any different. And that's one of the things that our missionaries have to explain to people over in Kenya. Just because something looks clean doesn't mean that it is clean. Now, I've got some, um, some yard work. I was out in the yard yesterday, and I collected some clippings. We're just going to add this to the mix here. Maybe this is a science project. I don't know. Just add that in there. There was at least one living bug in there. At least last night. We'll just stir that up. That looks great. Now, now, anybody, anybody willing to drink from this? Show of hands. I was kind of afraid somebody would, would raise their hand, but nobody did. That's good. So that's that. Now, as dirty as this water looks, it's actually a lot cleaner than some of the water sources that people in Kenya are using. And so we pour this in here. And so there is a filter in the bottom of this. And the dirty water passes through the filter and comes out clean on the other side. Voila. So that's the what. That's the main what of what we're doing there, is providing people with clean water filtration systems with these very simple filters. Now, a lot of people are working on the clean water issue, and that's great. There's a lot of different ways to address that issue. Uh, We know people who work with wells. Wells are fantastic Um, But they can be problematic, too, depending on how close you live to a well, right? One thing about Kenyans is is the same about Americans is that we are creatures of habit. And so if somebody lives a mile and a half away from a stream where they access water and they just get it there and they live maybe 10 miles away from a well, they're going to go where they're used to going for their water. And so for the most part, the people have set up their habitats and where they live around a water source because water is life. And so the great thing about these filters is that they're portable, you take it with you, and wherever you go, your filter goes. And you can access any kind of rainwater, runoff stream water, and boom, it passes through that. So that's the what. again. Now let's talk about the why. And as I mentioned... This might seem surprising to you, but over the years, some people have have kind of raised some questions and some concerns and objections to to us doing this, to our little church here in Ridley Park, engaging in this mission, sending people halfway around the world to do this thing. In fact, uh, a few years ago at our yard sale, we have the yard sale fundraiser uh, to raise funds and awareness for our Kenya projects, and so there we were. We had a lot of signs out that year advertising, start with one Kenya, start with one Kenya. Here's what we're doing, start with one Kenya. And so we're at the yard sale, and it's kind of winding down, and just down the street here, a little bit further down, I noticed a couple of ladies get into their car, and they were having some car trouble. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Um, I don't know anything about cars. I know which pedal to push to make it go and make it stop and all that. So I was like, what am I going to do in this situation? I really just wanted to turn a blind eye to it, but then I was like, well, that's not what Jesus would do. So I made my way towards the car, trying to figure out what kind of help I could offer, and as I'm making my way toward the car, the windows were down, and I heard the two ladies, I overheard them. I wasn't eavesdropping, I promise. I just heard their conversation, and they were saying, Kenya, why are they going to Kenya? There's plenty to do right here. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. And so I turned around, and I didn't help them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I went up to the window. I said, is there anything I could do? Oh, we already called AAA, blah, blah, blah. But But that's the thing, and that's one of the objections that people have to this Kenya thing is, there's plenty to do right here. Let me tell you something. No matter what kind of good you try to do in this world, you're going to face criticism. You just are. And this is your little bonus sermon for this Sunday about criticism. Here's the thing. There's only one way to avoid criticism, okay? Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't be anything. So if that's your goal in this life, to avoid criticism, those are the rules you have to follow. But otherwise, you're going to face criticism. And so the thing that kind of, listen, I know I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to have compassion, I'm supposed to be loving, but the thing that kind of drives me nuts about that objection is there's an assumption built into the objection. The assumption is, hey, why isn't this church working in your own community? Why are you sending people all the way to Kenya? And that assumption just isn't so. It's kind of like, I'll I'll bring this up. Was it a few weeks ago? There was that fire at the Cathedral of Notre Dame or Notre Dame, depending on how you pronounce it, but there was that fire there, and lots of people, lots of wealthy people committed support. We're going to rebuild this thing, and that's fantastic. Some people are giving millions of dollars, and guess what happened? They were criticized. <laughs> they were criticized. Why aren't they helping the poor people? Why aren't they giving? Well, who's to say that they're not? Let's take it easy when we're being critical of it. Let's, let's just ease off the criticism. Can we do that? And I don't want to fall into a criticism spiral here, because here I am criticizing the critics. Okay, let's not do that kind of thing, right? But let's just Let's just not assume things about people. And so if you have had to face that concern or that objection, why is your Why aren't you doing stuff in your own community? There's a simple answer to that question. You can say, wonderful point, we are doing stuff in our own community. Yep, yep. And some of you have had to, to answer that question. I know this. Uh, team members this year and team members in the past, why aren't you doing stuff? We are doing stuff in our own community. Take a look at your bulletin. Look at the service projects, and that's just an overview there's the loaves and fishes right at Prospect Park. We feed people in Innerborough. We feed people in Ridley. We feed people right here. Take a look at the Backpack Project or the uh, food drive at, at Prospect Park Elementary School. We help people there. Occasionally, we send people down to City Team, and we help people there. We have our community support team. We see needs, and as these needs come up, we meet those needs. And so, great point. If you object to us, you got to do stuff here. You're right. We should do stuff here, and we are. Here's the other thing, and here's what got me. Several years ago... When I was first presented with this opportunity to go over to Kenya, the first thing that came to my mind is the amount of money it takes just to get people over to Kenya. It takes a whole lot of money to make this trip happen. As a side note, let me mention this. We needed to raise $15,000, and as of, well, as of recently, we were over $17,000. So again, you know I'm not great at math. We can clap for that. I'm not great at math. But it looks like we have more than the bare minimum just needed to get over there, which means that we'll be able to invest in projects over there. And just so you know, whatever we raise for this year is used this year. We don't hold on to it for future years. And so God has blessed us in that way. But look at all that my 17 over 17, close to $18,000. Why don't we just send the money over, right? And years ago, like I said, when I was first presented with that opportunity to go to came, I'm like, why can't I just send? Isn't it just more effective, more efficient? more practical, just to send money. And so that's a question, that's a concern, that's an objection that some people have. And here's the reality. It absolutely does take money. And guess what? As a church, we do send money every year to this cause. We send money to the missionaries over in Kenya, to Bill and Chat, the founders of Start With One. We send them money so they can do their work. We send money over Gituwamba. That's the IDP camp where we've worked. And, And all of you who are members of this church who put money in the offering plate, part of that goes to supporting those kids. And so for a month and a half, we feed kids in Kenya, in that one school. It's over 400 kids. And so, yes, it does take money. Good point. And so we send money. But it takes more than money. It takes people. Money does not have the ability to pass these things out. (laughs) You need feet on the ground. You need people to take those filters, hand them off to somebody else, teach them how to use it. It practically takes people to do this. It takes a whole lot of money and some people to make this happen, and so that's why we send people over, all right? Let me tell you the other reason why we send people over, and this may seem kind of self-centered. I don't know. It just is what it is, all right? We send people over to give them the possibility or the potential of having a life changing experience. And then we bring those people back to Delco. That's how that works. My first year in Kenya, now listen, I don't know how this has happened to me, but I've been there five times, two weeks each time, and I am, look at me, I am not, not a missionary. It's not my gifting, it's not my strength, it doesn't play to my strengths, it just doesn't. And yet God put it on my heart to to do something out of my comfort zone, and God put it on my heart five years in a row to do this thing that just does not play to my strengths, and so I did it. And my first day there, some people who have that missionary gift, they're digging in, and they're right there in the slums, and they're seeing the poverty, and they're just like, oh, this is fine. That's not how it was with me. I was distraught, and I was looking at my fellow missionaries thinking, how are you okay doing this? I am not Okay, and at the end of the day, I talked to our team leader, and I said, I feel like I've just seen the real world for the first time because the third world countries, that's how so many people live. And that's why I felt like I just left Disneyland and made it into the real world. And so this whole trip, this has the potential, and those of you who have gone on this trip before, you know this. This trip has the potential to change your life to change your career plans, to change your perspective. It doesn't do it necessarily. Not, there's some people who have done this trip, and they come back home, and they shake it off and say, whatever, I'm done with that. That's in the past. I'm not going to think about it, okay? But it has the potential to drastically shift your priorities. You think about things differently. You think about spending money differently. You think about consumerism differently. You think about water use differently. And that's a powerful thing. And so this is some of the reasons why we do what we do let me tell you another reason why we do what we do there's your water filter that's what we give out let me give you some statistics and i want let's take some time with these when you think about this i'm gonna throw some numbers out there to you okay here are the facts 663 million people currently live without access to clean water just to give you a frame of reference, I mean, that's, when you start talking millions, it's like I can't even process how big a number. 663 million. That's twice the population of the United States of America. This is, this is 2019. I mean, we live in the future. I mean, look at our technology. It's crazy. How is it possible that so many people, twice the population of the U.S., that so many people live without access to clean water? Let me throw something else out there. Diseases from dirty water kill more people every year than all forms of of violence, including war. And so you think about how many lives are lost to violence, and, you know, we deal with violence, and we want to see an end to violence, and these mass shootings, and these terrorist attacks, and wars. More people are dying from a lack of clean water. More people are dying as a result of a problem that we can solve. It's not like, how do we solve it? It's right here. We know how to solve this problem. It's right there. 43% of the deaths as a result of a waterborne illness are children under five years old. Entire generations being wiped out. Now, as as scary as that statistic is, about 10 years ago, it was 80%. So we've seen improvement. That's fantastic. We're seeing improvement, but but come on. 43% children under five years old, why, why are we doing this? Why are we sending a team over? To save lives. To save lives. And yeah, we've got problems here. We're not, we're not going to ignore the problems here, but we're sending people over there to literally save lives. And maybe it's a little bit ambitious, but so what do you think you can do in one small church? Do you think you can save the way well, you, you can solve this clean water crisis or this dirty water crisis? Well, well we can start with one. Start with one nation, start with one community, start with one household, and provide them with access to clean water. That's why we do this. Take a look at your bulletin, the scripture passage that Joyce read for us. It's from the book of James. James was the younger brother of Jesus, son of Mary and Joseph. Did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah growing up. At least we're given every indication that he didn't. I mean, who can blame him? (laughs) Your big brother says he's Jesus, he says he's the Messiah. Yeah, right. Anyway. So there is James, but after the resurrection, he's like, oh, I guess big bro really is who he claimed to be. So James is there. He becomes a leader in the church. He writes this letter to the Christians, and he says, he just, I love the book of James, by the way. Um, give yourself a little treat this afternoon. Read the book of James. It'll take you like 20 minutes. It's a, it's a short book. I think it's pretty short, but it's great. It's just so stinking practical. James is a practical guy, and he says this. Suppose a brother or a sister, somebody you know, is without clothes and daily food. If one of you, and so he's talking to the Christians, if one of you Christians says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your situation, my brother. Keep warm, I'll pray for you. You know, I'll send a prayer request out to our prayer team. Keep warm and well fed, go in peace. If somebody says those words, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if not accompanied by action, is dead. In the same way, faith, just, just, you know, faith is in your belief system, what you believe you should do, what you believe about God, what you believe about Jesus, what you believe about life. Your whole belief system is worthless if you're not going to do anything with it. And that's the point James makes, and it's very practical. And so why, again, let me give you another answer to the question. Why do we send a team of people halfway around the world to provide life-saving water filters to people in need? Why do we do that? Here's a dangerous answer. you ready for it? I'm going to have to explain it afterwards. Why do we do this? Because we can. Because we can. We do this because we can. Now, have you heard the saying, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should? There's wisdom there, right? Right? 13-year-old guys, just because you can't grow mutton chops doesn't mean you should, right? It's not a good look for everybody, right? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. But in this case, I mean more than that. What I mean is that some, for some reason, God has enabled us and equipped us to meet this need. Nobody in this room went looking for, oh, what are we going to do? We should do some kind of global thing. What should... No, this, it just showed up along the path. And years ago, I just so happened to meet the founders of Start With One, Kenya. And years ago, I just so happened to be invited to go along with a mission team and see what happened there. And over the years, we've built friendships and relationships with the missionaries on the ground. And over the years, we've built friendships with the people there in Kenya. So we didn't have to go looking for some need to meet. It just came to us. And this is so important. This is, this is foundational to what we believe as a church and what I believe as a follower of Jesus, is that we really don't have to go looking for needs to meet. We meet the needs that we are able to meet as we are able to meet them. You don't have to go looking. God just presents these needs along the path. And as you're able to meet them, you do. It's kind of simple when you think about it. You're there and you become aware. You're wearing two coats. Somebody needs one. Oh, okay, boom. You don't have to think about it. You don't even have to pray about it. You just do it, right? I'm a, I believe in prayer. Okay, don't get me wrong. All right? I'm on anti-prayer. I'm all for prayer. But sometimes you just meet the needs that come up along the path of life as you're able to meet them. And it's just for some strange reason, God has connected us with this opportunity. And for some strange reason, he's provided us with the funding. And for some strange reason, he's provided us with the people that have a vision and a passion for this. And so we do this because we can. We do this because we can. And those of us who have been to Kenya before, we know. We know how important this work is. We know how valuable this work is. And it's a wonderful thing that we get to be able to be a part of this. And we thank God. I mean, I do, don't you? We thank God that we've been given an opportunity to work with this organization, but start with one, and provide people with life-saving water. And so, without further delay... I would like to invite our 2019 Kenny team up to the stage. Would you please join me in welcoming them up to the stage? Come on up. How's everybody doing? That's a good-looking group, huh? (laughs) This is our team. Sean, Chuck, which one are you? Monica, thank you. It's my sister-in-law. Monica, Steve, and Emily, and uh, we're so excited for you. We're going to pray for you. This is our mission team for this year. These are the goers, okay? It takes more than goers to make this trip happen. It also takes senders. We need senders and we need goers, and so at this time I'm going just play along with me, okay? I'm going to ask all the family members of this team to please stand up at this time. Please, as you're able to stand up. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, significant others in the room, please stand up. Please remain standing. Please remain standing. Yeah, you too. Your sender, your family stand up. These are our senders. And I've said this, I've said this in years past. It is a unique challenge to be a sender, to watch helplessly as your loved one gets on a plane. And so we are praying for our team, and we are praying for our senders. Now, it takes more than just the family members to make this happen. It takes funding. It takes prayer. It takes a whole church. And so at this time, would everyone please stand as you are able? And let's pray together over our mission team. Let's kind of pass, the, pass it down there. Let's join together in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for working miracles in our lives. And one of the miracles that you have performed for this church is you have given us this connection to Kenya. And we just assume it's got to be for your purposes. It's so strange and so wonderful that you have given us this specific opportunity to be a part of solving this problem. And so, Father God, we thank you as your church. We thank you for allowing us to be part of this unique mission. Father God, we pray over our mission team that as they are giving out, distributing these these water filters, that they would be sharing more than just clean water, that they would share your gospel, the truth, Jesus, of who you are. You have come to give us living water so we would never thirst again. And so as these filters are distributed, we pray that your gospel will be spoken, will be seen, will be felt, will be received, that Jesus, you have died on the cross for all of us, and that all of us, Kenyans, Americans, all of us all over the world can receive salvation in you, Jesus. Let that truth be communicated through our team. Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for our senders, for the family members, for the loved ones of our team, that you would fill them with a unique peace, with a comfort throughout the duration of this trip. We pray that you would give them a sense of of accomplishment and knowing that they have taken part in this and and bless their family member, bless their loved one to go over and be a part of this mission. Give them that peace, Lord Jesus, the peace that only comes from you. Father God, of course, of course we pray for the safety and well-being of our team. But more than that, we pray that lives will be transformed in Kenya, that people will be able to experience health, the ability to go to school, the ability to work through these clean water filters. Lord Jesus Christ, be with us as a church and remind everyone in this room to lift up this team and their senders in our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, we freely acknowledge, we freely confess before you that we, as human beings, are not capable of doing such grand work. It's only through your Holy Spirit that anything good is accomplished Fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You can't. This really is a good-looking group, isn't it? Am I right? In fact, now feels like a great time for a photo op. If anybody wants a picture of our team, come on up. Yeah, come on up. Anybody else, feel free, take a picture, put it on your social media, share it with your friends, say, this is our church team, we're praying for them. Look how fancy we are. Look at all these pictures being taken. All right. I'm good. Go for it, go ahead. All right, just, just smile and act like you like each other. You can do it. We got to get this picture now before they all get on a plane together, right? Eight hours on a plane, you might get not get the same smiles. Excellent. Now you know this is this this is a a special trip. This is the first time that I I have not been a goer, and this is a a fun experience and a weird experience for me. But the team is being led by none other than Pastor Sean. You guys know Pastor Sean? Pastor Sean. And Sean has been, we've been to Kenya before. Yep. Sean has uh, traveled internationally. Sean has led teams, but this is the first time leading a team to Kenya. And so I'd like to propose a toast <laughs> for you. Thank you. And a little <laughs> bit for myself. And a toast to our 2019 mission team. Cheers. Good stuff. All right, guys, thank you very much. You may make your way down the steps. And we're going to invite our, our music team to come back up at this time. And after the service has ended, if you would like to sample some of the water, we've got cups right here. You can be my guest. As the team's coming up on stage, as we sing this last song, you'll notice that we've got a special instrument. Uh, Brooke will be on our Kenya drum. That was a gift that we received in Kenya from Pastor Joseph after we built him a church. So let's all rise as we sing together.